This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Yo, what's up, guys? You like our podcast? You want to make your own? You have all the power, all the resources you need to make your own podcast. That's right. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you a rundown. Basically, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. And here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify with a single tap. Anchor is also the only place you can publish video podcasts to Spotify, which is super important. With Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. That's right. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is anchor.fm to get started. It's what we use. We get a little kickback from it and we appreciate it. So if you guys want your own podcast, go to Anchor. .fm to get started. Peace. Today's show is sponsored by Faithful Counseling. Get the help that you need right now today. It is not hard. Go to getfaithful.com forward slash anatomy of marriage to find a counselor that's right for you. Hello and welcome to Anatomy of Marriage Radio. I'm your host, Melanie Studley. Good morning, my friends. My name is Seth Studley. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and a professional coach. Welcome to AOM Radio. Happy Thursday to you. This is a show uh, that we made. It's real help for real couples because we didn't have things and we were in a bad situation. So we're glad you're with us today. We are glad that you're with us. Um, Every day we do... Four things. We do prayer, intention, gratitudes, and goals, and then we answer your questions. This setup is driving me crazy. And we go live on Instagram and Facebook. So we had some tech diffs this morning, but no big deal. Uh, If you want to (laughs) join us, you can on Tuesdays and Thursdays on Instagram and Facebook, and we'll get Mm -hmm. YouTube set up in a minute here. But uh, let's start with our pigs. That's prayer, intention, gratitudes, goals. We encourage you to do Mm -hmm. these with your spouse. They're an easy way to make a big, fat difference in your marriage. So do them. All right, go for it. Oh, me? Yeah. Dear God, thank you so much for all of our blessings. God, help us to have a wonderful day, no matter what happens. Help us to just be positive, have great energy, and even if things are hard, to know that we can do them well. Mm. Thank you so much for the show and the way it impacts our lives. Amen. So when you say be positive, you're not saying like, oh, positive psychology, let's just look at the rosy things. Yeah. You're more talking about a growth mindset, Yes, right? I am. How we can have response flexibility in whatever comes our way. Understand? Right. So that's what we're talking about. It's so. about our energy. It's not mm-hmm. about pretending to be happy. That's right. So prayer, thank you for that prayer. Mm-hmm. Intention. Today, I intend to continue to work on my presentation for presenta- for presenting in uh, Dubai, in Abu Dhabi. So that's exciting. And also, how am I going to bring it? How can I bring it so you can get it today? Uh, be present. Keep that energy up and be uplifting and support you how I uh, see fit. Right. My, how you see fit. Um, My intention is to... I'm going to love you through my love language only. Apparently. My intention is to be uh, 
really efficient, proficient, loving, and healthy in our home. Mm. That makes a huge difference in how our world goes. When our kids are happy and healthy, we are happy and healthy. Right. Gratitude. Thank you for cleaning yesterday. Thank you for picking the the topics the day before uh, when we do the show. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Uh, I'm thankful that you made that lovely casserole last Mm. night. Uh, with the things. It was really delicious. That's and right. I appreciate that All a lot. Right. Goals centered around family, centered around uh, intention with you and the kids. So. What? Why are you in such a rush? I don't know. Get out of it, bro. Release that energy. Just trying to live, bro. So we live. have a question that was sent in by a listener. You can send in your questions to hello at anatomyofmarriage.com or you can send them in through the Anatomy of Marriage app, mm-hmm. which we created because we love you. You're welcome. Um, so there's two questions today and they are all about sort of depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. The first one, it says, my wife and I are in a pretty stale patch of our marriage. We have an 11-year-old, or I mean, <laughs> a one-year-old daughter and have been pretty busy with work and maybe have gone out on three dates since COVID started. It's hard for us to get babysitting, so going out has been difficult. I've had my down moments, but my wife has been depressed for months. Needless to say, our love life has gone into the toilet. We haven't had sex in a month, and over the last year have only had sex twice a month at the max. The problem is how do we the problem is not how do we get our love life back, but how do I deal with her in a way that helps her where I can also be happy too? Being around her has made me miserable, and I haven't brought it up because I don't want to dump on her more than she already has to deal with. Mm. We work together with parenting pretty well. We're pretty good about communicating, and overall, our marriage isn't toxic. We still love each other. She's simply, she just simply doesn't have enough in the tank left for me. Is this just something we have to get through and ride out, or can we do something? How did we get how did you get through this stage of life? Mm-hmm. This is a great question and a question that millions of other couples go through either in the we have a one-year-old things are crazy right. we're working and especially now oh we have a one-year-old we're still working things are crazy and covid right so you got the covid blues but this has morphed into more stuff than blues because there was some possible postpartum uh, prior to that now we might just be in a, a funk a mild depressive episode right so i want to treat it to that Uh, What if we externalize this problem and say, okay, it sounds like your wife is going through a mild mental health disorder. Oh my gosh. uh, No, no, it's not. It's not that thing. It's not involuntarily committed to a psych ward or anything like that. If we really think about it and educate ourselves on what mental health and mental health issues and problems and disorders are, you, me, everybody with ears listening has had a mental health issue at one point. Uh, in their life, right? So let's destigmatize possible depression that your wife has, okay? So if we treat it that way, let's say, how can you support her through that lens? Does she need to go talk to a doctor? Does she need to go talk to a therapist and or a psychiatrist and start some sort of medication management program? Anti-depression medication, anti-anxiety stuff, right? So I would start there. And I've talked for a minute, so what is your perspective on it? Oh, um, I think the the imagery or the analogy that keeps coming up for me is that I think of the way people tend to think that there's one solution to mental health challenges, mm-hmm. um, and I have no idea why. I think I probably thought that way too, but mm-hmm. um, the the analogy that I will draw... I know better. Okay, is that uh, there's not one way to get from your house to your job. If your car breaks down, you could 
Call a taxi. Call a friend. Maybe there's a bus route that goes by your house. Maybe there's a train station you could walk to. There's a lot of ways to get from point A to point B. And so that's the first thing I want to say in this question where I think a lot of people are like, oh, uh uh-oh, like depression and anxiety or whatever is kind of in our home all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. There's one way to get from A to B and Mm -hmm. I don't know it, so I guess we're stuck here. And there's this weird... Uh, depressing attitude around it because it seems overwhelming and it seems really hard to talk about and to manage and to step into well, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. So first off, I just wanted to say there's more than one way to, you know, to skin a cat, a depressed cat. Um, And (laughs) poor cat. (laughs) So that's the first part is that the second part is um, I think that this is a hard season in terms of parenting-wise. Like, having a one-year-old is a lot. It's not like it's the hardest thing on the planet, mm-hmm. but it is for... I was actually just talking to a coaching client about this. When, um, If you're a stay-at-home mom, this season of life can sometimes feel like you cannot make any of your own personal choices. Mm-hmm. It really felt like, for me... Everyone else on the freaking planet ran my life except for me. Mm-hmm. I had to change that kid's diapers when that kid needed it. I had, and I, we had two kids in one year basically. So we had, you know, I had this kid crying. That kid needs a diaper change. That kid needs to be nursed. Seth comes home and I've got to help clean the house. Like my life was being run by everyone else but mm-hmm. me. And it was so depressing. Um, And so I just want to kind of acknowledge that that's a thing that people can feel. That's a place that moms can be or stay-at-home parents can be with little kids. So that's hard. Just It's it's helpful to acknowledge that this crap is actually hard. Mm -hmm. Um, And then let's see. Someone wrote something. I want to read it. It says, I was a mess for at least a year after having each baby. It's a lot mentally and physically. Things could have been better if we had been prepared better and more aware, though. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you so, for sharing that. Aware- yes, thank you. Awareness is curative, right? So what will it look like for us to, for this for this person asking this question, to get some psychoeducation and more education around how to best support a, a depressed spouse? I can't think of any books right now, but learning about depression, what it looks like, how it manifests, and that it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with you. Like, Melanie's depressed because I'm not right. stepping up or doing this or doing that or whatever. And, you know, so one thing we don't talk about, we talk about the depressed person, but not the spouse or partner right. of the depressed person. Right. Like, how do, how I, do I do this? How do I deal with right. this without getting overwhelmed myself? Because it's just like a, sometimes it's just a black hole. I don't even want to go home because, oh my gosh, it's so energy sucking. Mm-hmm. But... Those are the times in marriage where we have to actually step it up and sometimes the only way out is through, you know, Mm -hmm. like there were times when our life really sucked when we were going through all the stuff and there was no other option. Mm -hmm. Trudge through, go through, wake up every day, do the same thing over and over and over. And that was just part of it, right? There's always a light at the end of the tunnel. We say, you know, if you're going through hell, keep going kind of thing. Don't stop there. But I, I, I feel like I really want to give this dude like some really well, let me solid th- info. Let me uh, do it because here's what it. I'm okay. thinking. So a lot of times with the depression stuff, people will just that we just like um, the only word I can think of is pussyfoot. <laughs> we tiptoe. That's mm-hmm, the word. Mm-hmm. We tiptoe around everything because we're so worried that we'll make it worse. Um, and here's what will indeed make it worse. If you go up to your partner who is suffering with depression and you say, you know, you're really depressed and your energy sucks my energy away. So I don't even want to come home. So could you go get help? Mm. That's of course going to make it worse. There's so much shame around feeling depression and anxiety, 
especially as a mother. Oh my gosh. Mm. I've got, you know, I had two little healthy babies. Every, you know, everyone around you is so happy that you've got all these healthy babies and you feel like absolute trash. And you're like, uh, I basically think about death all the time. Like I just want to die. So I am a terrible person. So if Seth had come home and he was like, yeah, you're really sucky. Mm -hmm. I would have, that would have been terrible. I don't think anybody's going to say that. At least not this dude. I hope not. Well, right? I know, I'm, mm -hmm. but I want to be very clear. I don't want to like hope anything. I want to know and say the right things and have it all out there. Right. But what I think would have been helpful and what I would encourage people to do is instead of focusing, because what we focus on expands. So if I walk into a room and I say, wow, you're really depressed. Ah, right. Right. It's going to change how that room feels. It's going to change how Seth responds to me. It's going to put a lot of crap into that room that does not need to be there. But if I walk into the room and I say, hey, what'd you do today? Mm -hmm. and Seth is like, oh, well, I uh, I cleaned the dishes and it was hard. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. he could be depressed. Mm -hmm. That's how it feels. Right. Um, and then I would say something like this. You remember that movie we watched that time? It was so funny. Mm -hmm. And like uh, the elf guy ate pizza, or no, he ate like spaghetti with uh, syrup on it. What was that called? Mm -hmm. Right? Like mm -hmm. you just invite. So you can just ask some leading questions and then also... It's not. It's not like try to cheer up. Like, hey, remember that funny time that we did this? Hey, why don't you go smile? It's not that so much. It's like leading questions, like you were saying. It's an invitation. An invitation, exactly. It's an and invitation then, to think about something different. Right. Be in a different headspace. And then letting your spouse know that you are there for them. And sometimes you're going to have to carry uh, more weight than your spouse does. Right. There were times when I carried probably ninety nine percent of stuff when Melanie couldn't and then vice versa. You know what I'm saying? So I think as a guy, sometimes it's an honor to be able to say, okay, I got this. We're going to, I'm going to see us through this kind of thing. You know, it's like that can be reassuring because you know that I have your back or you have my back, vice versa. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, letting your, well, just letting your spouse know that you are there for them. Yes, that I agree with. I think the carrying the weight part doesn't feel fair to say because it's very, it feels like being in, it feels like being in prison when you're depressed. So uh, yeah, I'm not saying carrying the weight of their depression because that's, that's theirs alone. You can't do that. But trying to lighten the load and understanding that this is all uh, in support of your spouse. You know what I'm saying? Right. I would say I like that idea, but I want to tweak it a little bit. I think that there needs to be a bigger vision and a goal that is shared between you and your spouse. Mm -hmm. So again, don't walk into the room and be like, oh, you're so depressed. It's hard to be with you because mm -hmm. that won't help. Mm -hmm. um, but you could say, hey, I learned this fun thing on a podcast and they did this vision board. I want to do one. Will you do this with me? And then you go out and you buy like magazines that have travel photos or you print off things or whatever. You can make a digital one in Pinterest, whatever the crap you want to do. But the whole point is to get their brain out of the like wallowing mud pit that it's in. Um, I cannot tell you how hard that like when I was feeling this way and when I was dealing with depression and Seth would come home, I just was like done with the world. Like I didn't care about anything. But also, Seth was afraid to talk to me about stuff. Not, mm -hmm. And I don't think you did anything wrong. I mm -hmm. think you did what lots and lots and lots of people do. They want to be really sensitive. They want to be very thoughtful. They want. Right. The, but but all the while, he's like, this is destroying me. Like, I also feel yeah. like crap. And we because have two little humans to manage. It's and like, say, there's like a little campfire there. And one spouse comes home and... The campfire is like, okay, this just embers there. Right, and right. then you say, hey, let's talk about this depression. Then you're just putting paper on it and stoking it. 
and you're scared of of flaring it up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But in actuality, well, this is a good metaphor. Then, so what happens when a campfire gets stoked? There's more light, mm-hmm. right? There's more heat. Mm-hmm. There's more energy. And uh, by way of more lights, okay, now we can see other things and actually talk about it and not treat it as if it's just some thing with a stigma that we can't talk about because right. that'll make her more depressed or him more depressed or overwhelmed or whatever. People, we, we can handle things, right? We can actually handle more than we think that we can mm-hmm. at times. I mean, of course, times are just like, oh my gosh, I can't do anything, which is fine. But talking about it and, you, you know, get some psychoeducation around that. Uh, shed some light on it. Speak um, light into it, uh, our life into it, even, uh, in a very respectful, communicative, uh, open-ended questions, reflective listening way that mm-hmm. uh, makes your spouse know that I under I well maybe I don't understand exactly what you're going through. I am I here don't for have you, though. to, but right. I'm here for you. Yeah, right. Uh, Valley Parker says, separate the urgent from the important. Lighten the load. Let stuff slide. Acknowledge this right. is hard. Right. Yeah, that's exactly. a great one. Mm-hmm. I think too that if you just put it in any other context, like let's say you walked home from the you know you come home from work, you walk in the door and your wife's femur is broken, mm-hmm. and you're like oh, wait a minute, that is not okay, and this is not going to be a great thing. I need to figure out how to help her. I need to take her to the hospital, do whatever. Like, the the shame about mental mental health issues is that you can't see them, Mm -hmm. that you... You literally can't see them. And so what happens is people ignore them or there's such a stigma that we're like, Ooh. like imagine if that stigma, stigma existed for a broken bone. <clears throat> oh, femur sticking out. Yikes. I'm not going to look. I, like, I don't know what to do. If I say something, it'll make it worse. Right. So that but I want- actually it does. So it's like when we had to go to the emergency room and our kid broke his arm, right? <sighs> broke his arm. Guess what? We had to make it a lot worse before it could get better. Yes. I.e. Yes. the doctor set his arm right and just you know put you in la la land because there's so much pain and so much trauma Mm -hmm. so bill says do you think it's healthy to ask your spouse to listen to our depressed feelings without offering solutions i notice sometimes i want to brain dump without expectation of help i just need someone to empathize i don't need help i need a hug Ah. yes 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 and Mm -hmm. i what i will say um as well as you articulated that in this uh comment Mm -hmm. articulate it with your spouse so that is Mm -hmm. a perfect example like when um when I was going through everything, and this was like a year ago. I mean, I really, really struggled last year. And I started taking medication. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit too. Mm-hmm. But there was a time where it was like, if we hadn't, if I hadn't clearly said like, I just need to vent. Like, I don't need you to do anything with what I say to you. I just need right. you to hear it. And I needed to be out of my freaking head. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was actually really helpful because Seth will do that. Seth mm-hmm. is... Very self-aware so, and can just listen. It's like we've said before. Uh, typically, the research says this: men like to fix, and sometimes fixing isn't needed. It's just listening. Sometimes so, it makes it a lot worse. Right. Oftentimes, when Melanie have conversations, say, "Hey, is this something you need my help on, or is this just actually something you're processing and doing nothing?" And she can say. I'm just kind of venting, processing. Okay. Or actually, no, listen to the story, and then I need help because I'm kind of like whatever. And then we both have the same shared goal. And then actually saying what you need. I think that, um, what was it? It was that thing that we practice sometimes, and I just say, hey, Melanie, tell me that you love me and you think I'm really great. Oh, no, that's called um, repeat after me. Right, right. That's the one I made up. That that little intervention. And it's just saying exactly what you need, and your spouse... 
is but it's wise saying if they it, do it's that, like right? this. So mm-hmm. there's two different things. I want to talk about one another one first. So one thing as the because this is asked from the question of someone who is feeling depressed, mm-hmm. wanting to share, but saying, I don't need you to fix it. I just need a hug. So be very, very clear. Over-communicate everything. There is no reason to not do that. And if you are the partner who is dealing with a depressed spouse, here's what I would suggest. Because oftentimes if we think something in our head, but we don't verbalize it out loud, our partner's going to be like, well, why didn't you at least hug me? Ugh. Like mm-hmm. there's a thing that happens too that is not good there. So what I would say is... Um, man, I really hear you. It sounds like you had a hard day. I would like to hug you. Is that something that you would want or do you not want that? Like Mm -hmm. say out loud the thing you're thinking. If you're a partner and you're like, should I hug them? Should I not? Should I Mm -hmm. kiss them? Should I not? Should I? You think that often, don't you? What? Like you think something like, oh, Seth's home. I'm so excited inside. Or maybe I want to kiss him, but sometimes you don't. You hold yourself back. I used to. I don't really anymore. Um, Say again. I used to. I don't really anymore. I don't know what he wants me to do here, guys. I'm at a loss. <laughs> but uh, but I would. I think it's very important that we actually communicate before we do a thing, mm-hmm. and we say, "Hey, this is what I'm thinking and feeling. This is what I think would be good in this situation. Am I right or am I wrong?" What's the example there? Can I just said like, one, like, like a real life example. Like if I'll switch it around. So if I was really depressed mm. and you came home from work and I was like crying at the dining room table. What I would like for you to do mm-hmm. is first acknowledge that I'm crying and empathize, like mirror mm. and be like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Like, mm-hmm, are you okay? Mm-hmm. And then I would say, I've had a bad day, blah, 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 blah. Being a parent is so hard. And I would vent and vent and vent. And then you would say, wow, that's a lot. Do you want me to help or is helping, mm-hmm. is listening just or helping? How can I help? Can I help you? Can I help with the kids right now? Mm-hmm. Or do you just need a minute? Yeah. What can or what I... what would be best to, right now? Me? Yes. What would be best? And you could offer some suggestions. Do you need like 15 minutes or an hour? Do you want to go out to, you know, go get coffee by yourself? Like, what would you like? What would help? And then, um, then I would additionally say something along the lines of, uh, what what'd you go smile at me for? <laughs> uh, something like, I feel like hugging you would be, I mean, I feel like hugging you is something, something I want to do. Is that okay? Do you want that right now? Mm. Or would you prefer I leave you alone? Like right. literally put all the options out there mm-hmm. and then give them a choice. Because mm-hmm. I think in that depressed state, everything pisses you off. Everything makes you sad. Yeah, Things you that are good make stuff, you yeah. angry. However, there is, it, it's, it's not the converse, but this is also like if you know your spouse really well, sometimes it's nice not to have to say anything and your wife or husband intuit what you need. You know what I'm saying? Like there's been times yes, where you I just, will. you know, like grab my shoulder or say, you know, and I'm not asking, hey, can you massage my shoulder for two seconds to just let me know that you're right. listening or whatever. So there's that's part of it too. Yes. I will <laughs> say though, though, that um, if we aren't actually communicating those things sometimes it can go sideways what are you looking for elk yeah so that's a very good question and the, i want the second part of the question it was what's up sharunda sent this in. is really good information guys good we hope Thank it's helpful you. so the second one is hey guys any advice for nervousness starting anti-anxiety slash depression meds for the first time i'm so anxious about taking something that could help the anxiety and depression in itself Double-edged sword. I'm also waiting on an assessment for ADD, but while I've waited, but while I wait, I've been advised to take these medicine, these meds. Just feel so nervous. I've been listening to the podcast about ADD, and it sh- the show is always helpful. So I do try that. Oh wait, so do I try that or the meds too? I just wonder if this is why the way I've been feeling. 
Oh my gosh. I just wonder if this way I've been feeling will ever feel different or if it is the norm. Who knows? Sorry for the essay. First mm. off, this is not an essay. Yeah. <laughs> I just have off, to say that. Okay. So I want to, before I dive into that question, I want to answer Bill's thing. He says, oh, Seth, that's a dangerous road. After 11 years of relationship, I found that I don't read minds well. Yes. Yes, um, that's true. I, I concur. There have been times when I've done something that I thought Melanie would like and it totally blows up. Right. So maybe I'm saying that with myself. I like it when Melanie can intuit something and I don't have to tell her directly. I know that her brain isn't like that, but when that does happen, I kind of like it. So, right. And I agree, Bill, that um, I'm glad you pointed it out because I wanted to. It was like eh, a tangent. But <laughs> I think that that is something that is really actually not helpful hmm. is that um, Seth will come to a situation and treat me the way that he thinks mm -hmm. I want to be treated, which is typically the thing I've been like annoyed at for seven years and just ah. have trying to be, you know. Mm -hmm. So I always say over communicate. I think it's always better to over communicate mm -hmm. with a crap ton a boatload with pants loads of love pants. because it will not work to read their mind pants so. load of tacos so okay Thank let's you. go back to this all right uh so this is all about sister um fear and anxiety around mm -hmm. starting medication and so this is something hold on i have something from a therapeutic perspective right so uh are you jumping straight to anxiety meds without trying any therapeutic interventions here i.e Stop thoughts, some cognitive behavioral stuff, talking to a therapist about it, reading a book on anxiety, and or listening to other podcasts about anxiety. I don't want you to jump straight to uh, anti-anxiety meds here. So maybe there's some anxiety there, sounding kind of subconsciously. You're like, ah, I shouldn't just go straight to the thing because I know that I could do this other work first. You know what I'm saying? So that would be my like very brief therapeutic advice if you have done all those things you're just anxious about taking anxiety meds then i would say okay do some research talk to your doctor obviously you're going to do that but then also guess what anxiety meds are a lot of people take them right they do work and sometimes it takes a minute to find the right one but you're not going to die you're not going to like you know keel over and just explode in most cases so I want to normalize some of the anxiety that you have around anxiety meds. <sighs> Take some deep breaths, mm -hmm. do some breathing, do some meditation. Okay. Well, and I think what you were saying, I'm going to word it slightly differently, is there's a lot of alternative paths. Um, and by alternative, I mean you don't jump directly to medication. Mm -hmm. So there are things like there's a book called Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life by Dr. Uh, Wayne Dyer, which is amazing. And that is a that very is good. that's a very like therapeutic book around anxiety. It's not designed to be that. <clears throat> but he is an amazing teacher. So what, what we're suggesting is, you know, if you are concerned about trying anti-anxiety medications, do these other things first. Mm -hmm. There are even things like, um, you know, weird, uh, what is the word, herbal stuff. It's not weird. Mm -hmm. It's just mm -hmm. not. 5-HTP. You know, 5-HTP uh, or like see, ashwagandha. Ashwagandha. Uh, um, hey, somebody smart agrees with me. Thanks, Bill. Uh, <laughs> Agree, Seth. Our country is already over-medicated. There are so many holistic options which take more work, mm -hmm. but work better in the long run. Right. That's, that's right. So also, you know what takes work that are, is not um, like holistic? I guess it is sort of. But listening to podcasts, doing, doing that kind of work, doing box breathing. I, I've found that meditating or just taking a minute, like I have an, a breath app on my Apple mm -hmm. Watch, 
And after one minute of breathing, and that's all it takes, a couple times a day, it slows down your your entire nervous system. Mm-hmm. You just can have more clarity. And this is saying, like I take uh, ADHD medication, right? But in addition to these other kinds of like, hey, chill out, Seth. You know, chill your chiller is one of my colleagues says to uh, her clients. Like, chill your chiller, dude. Uh, That really, that really helps. So, do not just jump straight into that. If you've already done the work and you have a little anxiety about it, I want to normalize it and say, okay, rest assured that you've already done this other stuff. These things are highly regulated. If it's just a a band aid, then don't do it. But Mm -hmm. you can, with a clear conscience, say, okay, yes, I can take some. Paxil, or uh, there's there's a ton of um, anti-anxiety. Someone says meds. CBD oil. That's a great option if that's something mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. works for you. I can't do anything. I did like that, that for a while. CBD, the the non uh, the non um, in, intoxicant, I guess. Uh, n- uh, there was no THC, right? So it didn't have a, a any hallucinogenic effects that that uh chilled i hate cbd oil i hate how i feel it's like time slows down it didn't even really I... do a ton for me rather than just like oh this there's is, like this the is one percent different and it's right it's, it, there's it, like the tiniest thing in the very center of my brain that feels like time is rubber banding out really? and i'm like oh that's you, the worst you have such an interesting reaction to drugs in general i have like the opposite it's awful yeah i mean it's not awful. It's just annoying. But yeah. But yes, I do have like yeah. I have like reverse effect. Reverse, reverse. Uh, <laughs> and it's, reverse. it's not my favorite. Um, <laughs> but the thing I was gonna say too is that there are a couple methods. You know, there's different things you can do. Box breathing. There's mm-hmm. meditation. There's reading. There are all sorts of things mm-hmm. you can do. The Calm app. You can use. There are breathing apps mm-hmm. like on an, an Apple Watch has a breathing app, and those things are actually really, really useful. And I think one of the most helpful things is to understand how anxiety works. If we're talking about anxiety first, Mm -hmm. um, we can also talk about depression a little bit. But for anxiety, anxiety is like uh, Emily Nagoski and Amelia Nagoski talk about this in their new book, Burnout. And it's, yeah. Oh, you got the, yeah. Yes, I'm reading Burnout. Bill says mindfulness training. Yes. uh, 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 MBSR, mindfulness-based stress reduction is really cool. You guys look at that up. Uh, MBSR mindfulness based stress, stress reduction. reduction. Yeah. Um, let me uh, let me finish what I was okay, saying sorry. though. Nagoski's. So, um, so they're talking about emotions being a tunnel. So you need to go mm. all the way through the tunnel to get out of the emotion. And we use this. Uh, they mm-hmm. use this idea of like an animal. So a, a perfect example is if two ducks ever fight on a pond. If y'all ever seen ducks on a pond, one gets close to the other one's territory. All of a sudden, there's feathers going everywhere, right? <laughs> and then they turn around. They're not fighting anymore for mm-hmm. some reason. And then what do they do? They flap their wings like crazy. Mm-hmm. They get the energy of that fight out of their body. Mm-hmm. So there is a physical surge of energy, adrenaline and hormones and mm-hmm. stuff just goes what through your body. Mm-hmm. But people mm-hmm. are almost never in an actual fight or flight, like a real, like something's chasing me, like the guy we're with the, the cougar middle, <laughs> chasing right. him. We're, right. We're in the middle of the stressor we're in the middle of the tunnel like i said at the top of the show if you find your if you're going through hell keep on going right right right. but oftentimes in our culture which has so many systemic uh contributors to this we find ourselves constantly in the stress right it's okay to have stress it's okay to have stressors but when we don't 
get out of of that, then we we find ourselves with all kinds of chronic health problems. Let me tell you a really hold really on, hold on hold on. But it's not that we're stuck in the so there's a stress sore and mm-hmm. then there's a stress. So the thing right. that causes the stress for us in this world does not go away sometimes. Like your boss, if your boss is a total a-hole, you can't be like, peace out, stressor, I'm mm-hmm, quitting. Mm-hmm. Like that's not how it works. But mm-hmm. you as a human have to find a way to get rid of the stress that that boss presents in your life. That might be jogging. That might be like tensing all your muscles for a minute and then mm-hmm. letting it all go. Mm-hmm. Meditation, deep breathing. So that's what we're talking about. There's a difference between the thing right. that stresses you out mm-hmm. and the stress that is in your body. So right. we need to first think about things um, in a very different way than we're taught mm-hmm. to think about them. Yeah, a stressor doesn't go away. They're not mm-hmm. going to go away, right? Mm-hmm. But the, the, the holding the stress, the yes. sitting in that cycle, that's staying what, in the middle that's what of that, causes yeah. uh, chronic anxiety, chronic depression, health problems, all kinds of stuff. There's this really interesting story, and this has to do, and this comes from really old wisdom. So we do a lot of native stuff, right? And there's a story about uh, the Navajo people, uh, Delano, if you're listening, what's up, my man? Uh, Diné people down in the Southwest, that when their warriors would go out, so that is traumatic. They see yeah. death. They yeah. see murder. They are almost getting killed. They're mm-hmm. injured, all this stuff. When they came back, when these warriors went out, and this is true, when those warriors went out, they would come back through a maze back into the village so that spirit, that trauma spirit, that trauma energy, response, right. trauma uh, stress and stressor energy would kind of get lost and Weird. not follow them That's back. So, so cool. guess what? I, I, that, I get cold chills just even thinking about that kind of I wisdom get warm and stuff. Chills. Yeah, nice. But so they went through a maze to forget what happened out there in the world on the battlefield and then come back mm. not stressed. It's so That's, very they intentional. Can, they can, it's very intentional mm-hmm. and it's so wise because they knew that if we carry this stuff back, it's like if I have a terrible day at home, if I don't let that s go right guess what i bring it back to you or even just let that the energy family, go yeah to our house and we have so many times said we want a calm house we want this to be a place of respite of of mm-hmm. kindness and love right right so somebody says sharonda yeah, this says is a good question uh seth does your adhd meds make you more alert or energetic like you can't sleep my cousin needs his meds but says he has too much energy but his family is suffering because he's not getting treatment so can i speak to this for a second no you can't because you're not <laughs> You're not I my, can too. I'm married to you. You're not my body. You're not my brain. I am differentiated. There is a thing about the time of day you take your medication yeah, and the types of medication. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So I'm not going to take uh, ADHD, a, a stimulant, because that's what it is. There's also non-stimulants, right. ADHD medication, but the particular one I take is a stimulant. I take it in the morning, and I find that I can focus throughout the day, and then it, the cycle of it kind of wears off, and I sleep fine. But mm-hmm. if I take it at 3 p.m. or yeah. 6 p.m., then of course you're going to be... Oh, it's like, you know, drinking a ton of coffee. But what it does is calm my brain down and allows me to focus on certain things. When you says that your cousin gets treatment, is he taking is he taking uh, medication? Is he also possibly no, in counseling? There's, he's not getting treatment. Okay, so I would explore that with uh, his doctor and then also uh, think about some psychotherapy around that. So Dr. John Deloney, a Dave Ramsey personality, we were just on his live last week, and he said, which I... I didn't call him out on this, but I was like, bro, mental health professional to another mental health professional, what do you mean by this? Because I've never heard this concept. And he said ADHD was a learned, a possible learned response. And there's some literature out there that supports that. 
But that was new to me, and I was like, let's have a conversation about that, and I can see where he's coming from, which is really interesting. But also, there is a organic biological component to it as well. Right, yeah. And there's a lot of resources online about dealing with this and families and how to handle it. But I will say, talk to your doctor, have him talk to his doctor, um, about like, my this person can't sleep what do we do Mm because they'll help you and there's so much about like the time of day that you take your medication what it does how it impacts Mm -hmm. things stimulant versus non-stimulant adhd medication so there's 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 a lot there in sud treatment uh set and setting and expectation of the drug there's all kinds of of, uh, biological factors that play into that you guys are eating this question up this is good so bill again says do you think that much of today's mental illness comes from today's generation being shielded from the stressors of youth i never got a medal or coming Mm -hmm. for coming in last place and uh, was told it was okay to to lose perhaps those stressors are what prepare us for adulthood and all the anxiety that comes with it guess what there's a wonderful poem 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 uh poem and I don't remember the, the, the guy's name, but it's called Strong Timber, right? And it talks about the best timber, the strongest timber. grows trees. Trees. Grows high on the mountaintops. Grows on the edge of a valley where it's super windy and it's super stressed and it's pressed and in bright sun and then in freezing cold. It's being stressed. Like think about working out or anything hard that we do, you guys. Me and Melanie are 100% stronger from going through all the crap that we went through, right? We are yeah. stronger, Right, what what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. Sometimes that's true. Sometimes it, uh, depending on the mindset that you have, ruins your life and, and eventually kills you. Stronger says he lives with his adult kids. Going to talk to his oldest about counseling for him. Yeah, that would yes. be a good idea. Yeah. Uh, somebody says so many tools are available to reduce stress. We just have to remember to use them when we sense the stress rising. So again, I'm going to go back to the Apple Watch. So it also takes my pulse rate throughout the day. And it reminds me to breathe. It also reminds me to, if I've been sitting too long, it says, time to stand up. Right. Let's go. And it's monitoring. So this is just a, a forced function and a safety, I don't know, not a safety mechanism, really. It's not dangerous that I don't stand, I guess. But it improves my overall health and awareness of things, right? Oh, and it's an alarm. Boom. Right. I do want to address, though, what Bill is saying, this Mm -hmm. idea about like is today is much of today's mental illness comes from like there is a whole uh, world of resources and knowledge and wisdom coming out about this. Like the, you know, my generation was like, you get a medal for participating. Like, oh, you joined track. Here's your ribbon. Mm -hmm. Here's your, like, you didn't do jack. You didn't win anything. You didn't even get better. You didn't show up half the time, Mm -hmm. but you get an award, Mm -hmm. a best attitude. And that that is actually really damaging. We don't earn anything. We don't. It's like having rich parents saying, well, here's a hundred dollars a week. Wait a minute. I'm only 10. What do I do with this? I don't work for anything. It's just given to me. That. And Thank God my parents did not do that. Right. And Tony Robbins talks about this idea that we don't appreciate things that we don't earn. Right. So, uh, and also there's a lot of research around if kids have to pay for their own college, they get better grades and mm-hmm. graduate faster because mm-hmm. there's skin in the game. Right. When we don't have skin in the game, I mean, I know people who are mm-hmm. getting their college, they're getting paid by family members to go to college and guess what they're not doing in college they're anything not going to class. they're failing they are failing <laughs> right. a college they don't have to pay because for and they get paid mm. to go attend and they are failing because there's no so, skin in the game you want me to fit in a preach go for it man uh i i talked i really emphasize this with the potential coaching clients if we want to take the island if we want to change you have to burn the boats right you have to have skin in the game uh coaching is not inexpensive right you have to 
pony up and say, I am serious, and here's the money that, to prove that I am serious, right? If nothing changes, nothing changes. And just think about it this way. Kids that work and save money for, for a car or something or an Xbox or they whatever. They grow up to be Gary Vaynerchuk. Ex- oh, there's elk right there. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, my god. There's a little spiky right there. <laughs> that was shocking. I'm <laughs> sorry. They're like 10 feet away from us. So I promise... You guys, well, Don't anyway. Don't even say anything. Anyway, uh, what was I saying? So what we what we pay for, we value. What we invest in, time, effort, money, body, we value. Do you understand what I'm saying? What are you doing? I'm going to take pictures of the elk and then show them on the phone. Oh. All right, so I, I don't know, but there, there's, there's, yeah, we, we've done our kids a great disservice by just giving them anything or saying, oh, I don't want to be too hard. I want to give them all this stuff. It just doesn't work that way, you guys. Can you see that? Oh well. They're literally right out the window. Oh my gosh. There's a huge one too. Okay, you guys, we're going to have to stop the show no, because I have not. to watch the elk. Look, the oh, seven. I know. That's why we're going to have to stop the oh show. So, oh okay, you guys, we're talking about coaching, and sorry, the elk are out there, and I'm losing my brain right now. So, yeah, I know. It's crazy. But if you have any questions about coaching, if you're ready to step up your game, to step up your life, to step up individual life or your relationships, email me at coaching at anatomyofmarriage.com and uh, you you will not be sorry. Dang it. Dang it, dang it, dang it. So, all right, guys. Can I wrap up the show? No, why? Okay, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think there's any podcast I've ever listened to that stops the show because elk are out there or, or coyotes but they this is away. i think the dog scared them but anyway this is okay we're life. back we're back um but i do i want to talk about this idea that uh um there i had a lot of anxiety before starting my medication i started medication last year for anxiety and depression and I, what is my, I take escitalopram, which Somebody is Somebody says, is Sven from Frozen. <laughs> right. What is my, what is... Um, I believe it's escitalopram. But what it's is a, it? It's an anti-anxiety. anti-anxiety. Yeah. So um, I, when I, okay, let me tell you the story really quickly. I took our child in because he was dealing with some serious mental health stuff. It was very, very stressful. It was extremely hard on our family. I took him in because I'm his mom and he wasn't old enough to go on his own. And so I sat there in the session with the doctor asking him the um, assessment questions like and, and helping him fill out his form and all of that stuff. And as I was filling it out, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is me. Mm-hmm. Like she's asking him questions like, do you worry about this? And how do you feel with this? And I'm like, she's basically talking mm-hmm. to me. And I, after that, taking him in, I, I just was like, I need help. I I really need help. And hi, taking him to go get medication was the sort of stepping the stone for me. It was the door, yeah. Yes, and I am so thankful that I did. And let me tell you how I felt before. Before I got medication for like a full, I would say, four months maybe, every day was hard. Mm. Every, I mean, there was a lot of actual stressors in our family life. Like our kid was having a serious mental I don't even know uh, what's it mm. called, like a acute, yeah, just acute, uh, acute stress. Uh, yeah, it was response. Mm-hmm. Whatever. We moved. We lived in an apartment. Our dog had died. We didn't have the normal sort of stress relieving things that he needed, mm-hmm. and so it caused this like tsunami of stress in our home. And so I a was stress not nami. a stress nami. I was not um, dealing with it well. And, but that, but I knew all the techniques. I knew the breathing. I had read the books. I would listen to change your thoughts, change your life. I would we do had a all of the work. I, yeah. I mean, I would do all mm-hmm. of the work and I still felt like crying 
every single day, every single day, I just fought back tears and I fought back what to do. And I really, really, really struggled with taking medication. Mm -hmm. I did not want to. Um, I took, I think, well, and then with our son, he is like me because um, our body, we are biologically linked, right? He is my DNA son. Mm -hmm. And so that meant he is also sort of the reverse thing where if I take the wrong sleeping medication, it makes me stay awake. Um, so I, he has like that kind of anti, or what is the word? Like opposite mm-hmm. response, mm-hmm. atypical response mm-hmm. to medication. So it took us time to find the right medication for him. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a nightmare. I went in thinking this is going to be the hardest thing I've ever done. I mm-hmm. don't know what to do. Um, but my doctor is very smart. I listened to her and she talked through all the things and I told her I have opposite responses to stuff. So like, can we talk about that? So I don't have to take like seven different kinds of medication. And she's like, yeah, here's what I think you should take. Mm. I think you should take as a telepram. It's this and that. And she talked me through everything. And it was, she was just my primary physician. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to go to a special yeah, she therapist. Wasn't a psych or a I didn't have to go to a psychologist. I didn't mm-hmm. have to do any of those things. And we tried it out. I still only take the lowest dose of escitalopram available. And it changed everything. And it for me, it actually worked really quickly. It usually takes about two weeks for that to start um, and to affect people. So take into consideration that medication takes time. Mm-hmm. Most times it takes time to build up. But I am so thankful that I tried it because I had tried literally everything else, mm-hmm. like meditation, breathing exercises, books. Which was helpful. It was helpful. All that stuff is helpful, yes. but sometimes we do need that. And so notice what Melanie did. She didn't just go directly to, okay, got to get meds. Right. Right. Well, luckily, I'm a therapist. Her best friend is a doctor, a pediatrician. Right. So she had a lot of oh, yeah. really good psycho information, psychoeducation and information wrapped around the whole thing. And for years, she was doing yoga. She was doing meditation. Mm-hmm. She was doing breathing. She was reading books, listening to podcasts, all that stuff, and then has a really uh, high level of growth mindset, right? But then, okay, boom, she was able to take the meds and add that much. Uh, it's like maybe adding a small piece to the puzzle, like, okay, right. now this this really feels different. Has she just taken meds? Because, and this is the therapist talking, research bears out that treatment for depression or anxiety or other mental health disorders always have a higher rate of efficacy. That is, they work better when you have a combination of medication management and active uh, psychotherapy, Mm -hmm. right? Or group therapy. What are you doing, right? And oh, go back to the holistic thing that we talk about all the time. This affects this, affects this, affects this. So when we can fit all those pieces of the puzzle together, then we can start really firing on all cylinders, seeing some real improvement and seeing some real change, right? And if you want to talk about real change, I'm going to pitch coaching again. You guys, with our coaching clients, we talk about all this stuff, the bio, the psycho, the spiritual, the uh, emotional piece, right? We put all these together and go, okay, let's work on this. And it literally is like having your own weekly podcast just talking about you. Right. You and your spouse talking to me, talking to Melanie, all four of us get together and talk, and then we're talking about goals, right. financial, I wanna... all kinds of stuff. So Bill says, the brain is a part of the body, just like an arm or leg. We need to realize that when there's an injury of the mind, we need to seek help and coaching or help slash coaching to repair the injury. Yes. Absolutely. And I want to talk about that for a split second because that's a really awesome point, a very good insight. Um, 
there is evidence that when, uh, or not evidence, there's like all this research on it, mm -hmm. that when kids are not treated well when they're babies, parts of their brains actually don't grow. So right. imagine, imagine that I never used my right hand until I was 17. My right arm would literally be way smaller mm -hmm. than my left. It is... It, like that's what actually happens in our brains. The size of the parts of our brains is bigger or smaller. Um, so it is. It's like a muscle. It's a. It's like butter, which is gross. It butter? has a texture of soft butter. What? Your, Your brain. brain. Oh, wow. <coughs> which makes brain surgery even more mind-boggling. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> that's crazy. Okay, we got to wrap it up. Somebody says, I'm Cynthia, and I love you guys. Cynthia, oh, we Cynthia, love you too. we love you too. Thank you so much for joining in. Uh, hopefully, this has been helpful. If you have any questions whatsoever about coaching, email us at coaching at anatomymarriage.com. Mm -hmm. And also, because this show is sponsored by Faithful Counseling, we want you to go to getfaithful.com forward slash anatomymarriage right. to get the help that you need. I see the analytics. I watch them. You guys are continuing right. to go there. And Let that me means, talk about that on, for that means one two second. things. Number one, you're getting help. Number two, you're being courageous and saying, you know what? I need this. I know it'll help me. I'm going to go for it. Right. So thank you for doing that. Go to getfaithful.com forward slash anatomy of marriage. And I want to mention that I've been thinking about this over and over again. The holiday season is fast approaching. Boom, baby. This is the hardest season for people mm. on the planet. It crazy, is very, crazy mother -in -law. very hard. Right. And it's going to be even more hard to manage i don't want to i don't want to be COVID. like such a debbie downer but no we're going to be realistic a deborah Co downer covid has changed our landscape no doubt about that and how are we reacting do we have a growth mindset are we saying oh my gosh this is terrible or maybe uh we're excited that we don't have to travel to you know uh kentucky or uh ohio or you know You're messing up my what i want to say southern california to go see in-laws right right but i am really encouraging you right now set yourself up for mm -hmm. success for from whatever day it is today october whatever to january like get help now get mm -hmm. set up with counseling now uh faithful counseling is an amazing partnership we do, we work with them because mm -hmm. we believe in them we know they're good and you can search for all the things that you need help with so even just being alone during the holidays is really freaking hard mm -hmm. and we've already had eight months of being alone Jeez. so please go to faithful counseling go to getfaithful.com forward slash anatomy of marriage to get hooked up with a licensed professional therapist to mm -hmm. talk about the things that you need help with seriously i am I'm actually deeply concerned about what the holiday season is going to look like mm -hmm. following a pandemic. Mm -hmm. I just think it's not going to be great. And I want to be optimistic and I want you to get the help that you need. Mm -hmm. So go to getfaithful.com forward slash anatomy of marriage. Don't wait. Right. There's nothing to, I mean, we're not, we're are we, not selling we you on, on anything so other are, than your wellness. Are you waiting on to get well? It's like, oh, I'll sit here and have the flu for five more days because I love it. No, no. <laughs> I love it. You're going to do what you need to do to get right. better. You're going to drink water and rest and do all the things, right? So remember, go to getfaithful.com forward slash anatomy marriage. And also, guys, if you are actually completely ready to step it up, email me or Melanie at coaching at anatomyofmarriage.com. Right. We'll get, on, we'll get on a consult call with you. Talk to you, see if it's a good fit. Bill says, happy Halloween, guys. Stay safe, have a great weekend, and don't get trampled by all those wild animals. It's actually sometimes pretty scary. Yeah, I um, won't. I, I would love to die that way, I guess. So. Oh, gosh, what a horrible thing to I know. say. All right. Okay, guys, peace out. Love you. Have a good weekend. See you next have week. Have an amazing day. Bye.